This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to episode number 51 of Circles Off. I'm Rob Pozzola, joined by Johnny from Betstamp. How's it going? I'm very good. Uh, Ontario is live. Sports betting is here in a regulated way. A lot of nice bonuses, a lot of nice opening week, uh, week stuff here. And we are ready to make some money, that's for sure. But Rob, more importantly, you were at the event of the year, from what I hear. Bet Bash 2, presented by Spanky at in las vegas we got to recap it we got to hear about it how was it unfortunately for those who are listening right now and watching i was unable to attend stayed back in ontario for the launch of uh you know legal sports betting but rob went represent Betstamp, repping the boys um and i'd love to hear some stories for those on air i have yet to hear any of the great stories from rob so anything here will be kind of a live reaction um and we're happy to hear about it I've avoided talking about Bet Bash for the entire day. We're recording at 5 o'clock Eastern time right now, end of the day. So this is the first time for sure. Uh, I will say um, this is going to be as honest and transparent as possible. Obviously, I would call Spanky a friend of mine. He organized the event. Um, and I, I think he did a great job. Like uh, My expectations were sadly like a little bit low going in. I didn't know what to expect, right? But from uh, dealing with Spanky in the course of the month leading up to the event, sounded like he was pretty stressed out. Um, but ended up being like really organized. I thought this, the amount of people, like the size of the event was almost perfect. Like there was enough new faces you would see regularly and talk to. Um, but also like not overwhelmingly too many people where he felt crowded or whatever. The actual events themselves were good. The venue was great. It was my first time... At Circa, which is a hell of nice a sports book. book. Nice book. Man, like if I if I lived in Vegas, I'd probably spend a lot of time. I know you don't love the sports book experience. I do. I like to just go sit down and watch games and sweat them out and whatever. So uh, I guess that doesn't make me a winning better in some people's eyes, the fact that I sweat games. But um, I, th- I thought it was a great event, man. I, I really did. Like I, I come back and I'm trying to think of what I would have done differently in order to, you, you know, make it better i don't know that i could possibly provide that type of feedback i just um i thought it was like an a plus really well amazing uh you know i'm excited to to head out there next year i was uh i was at the first one but obviously couldn't make it my apologies on air to spanky himself for not attending his event Uh, i'll make sure i get out there next time but glad to hear it was good the only story i did hear which was because it was absolutely hilarious was that our uh, our dear friend GRP wins was escorted out of Bet Bash, um, for by security for some reason. So that's the one we got we got to hear first. What happened there? That would have been um, the so I flew into Vegas on Thursday. I believe that that would have been a Saturday event, uh, which was like when all the panels were happening. I'm pretty sure that that's where it where it happened. 
Um, I remember GRP wins strolling right by me, like walked because I was right at the back of the room standing. Most people were sitting watching these panels. I like to just stand at the back of the room, scope things out. GRP wins walks by me. For some reason, the first thing he does is head right over to the table of the lunch table, which is chili dogs that day. And he's snapping pictures and um, fats who I got introduced to this week. Great dude, by the way, like really, really good dude. He just like caught GRP wins out of the corner of his eye and just like wheeled right over there directly at him and just like shaking his head, really brief conversation. Security came over and uh, escorted him out of the building fairly quickly. Um, he, he was in and out really. It was like a matter of a minute and he was gone. So, or a few minutes, I should say, uh, I also did notice GRP wins at, um, at Circa for the national championship game. Uh, but he wasn't in the bet stamp area. Uh, sorry, bet stamp, the bet bash area. He was, uh, behind the, uh, the, you know, the ropes and just kind of scoping it out. So we had one guy sneak in, no ticket. He was, ex- ex- you know, Basically escorted out real quick. So that's good to hear. Spanky's running a tight, tight ship. And he did say, if you don't have your tickets to Bet Bash, you're not getting in. And power to him. He's a man of his word. Well, I mean, technically, he did get in. He did get in, but he he was escorted out pretty quickly. Um, Yeah, I don't don't know how he got in, really. Because every time I walked into that, like, ballroom, I think it was, at the D, I mean, somebody would look at me to see whether I was wearing a wristband or that I was wearing my name tag. He must have been waiting to like someone wasn't looking and st- I, don't, I don't know. I don't know his method. It worked very briefly, but Fats was all over it. Like right away. That's his enemy. Oh, he, he saw he him and he's just like right over. Yeah, that was fantastic. And then uh, I was also very happy to hear that um, you were paired at least with a good guest at the book. You better breakfast. So, yes, that was great. Um, I've never. So I was paired with Peter Jennings. Um, th- that was an, a, a pretty cool event. Um I was kind of nervous when Spanky first asked me. He's like, ah, you're going to be at one of the tables. I'm like, ah, I mean, someone's paying 500 bucks to attend this event. They're going to sit down with Rob Pizzola. They're going to be pretty damn disappointed that they're paired with me, especially with all the other like great people at the event. Peter's great. Um, I actually went, so like I, I got in Thursday, like I said, Friday was the registration for the event uh, at the D. And I went over there, and um, as I was about to go up the escalator to register upstairs, Rufus and Peter were coming down the escalator. I saw them at the bottom, introduced myself to Peter, and I'm like, you guys registered already? They're like, no, 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 it's like an hour wait up there. I'm like, you got your your golf clubs in your your car, Rufus? He's like, actually, I do. I'm like, let's go to the range. They're like, okay, let's go. So I I actually, we were going to go to the range. We just ended up playing nine holes at uh, the National, which Rufus plays at a lot. Uh, got to play with Peter, man, that guy can bomb it. Holy G like base, pure baseball swing, like that front foot off the ground. Big bomb bangers. Big bomb bangers. Oh yeah. He can hit the ball a ton. Uh, that was pretty fun, but I, I got to know him over the course of the weekend. Um, he's a cool dude. And, and um, I, I will tell you another story about the bookie better breakfast. Let's hear it. So the way it works is people just sit down at a table. Like if you're not there and you haven't been asked by Spanky to be like one of the bookies or betters at the table, people just sit down. And then after everybody sits down, you kind of just like the rest of us go to our table. So people see you. Uh, so you don't get to pick you who don't your really, table is. Yeah. Now, like some people did 
like they would they'd just go up to somebody and be like hey what table are you at i want to be at your table and whatever and they figured that out beforehand but so i had a pretty like random variety of people at my table one of them i can't remember his name i apologize i had three people from hoboken new jersey at my table that like all don't know each other it's like really small world they were talking but one of the guys was like i listened to this episode of circles off where johnny talked about building the f1 car he's like <laughs> i would guarantee not only can he not build it in six months he cannot build it in his life and i'm like okay tell me more and he's like i used to work in a, a garage for like i i it was like some offshoot of NASCAR or something like that. And he's got, a, he's like the amount of different skills you need from team members in the garage, whether that's like welding or whatever, so on and so forth. You get all the parts though. There's no welding. The you, parts are there. You have to build it from scratch. But Johnny, but the pieces still have to go together. Exactly. You don't have to weld them. They come together. You don't see a guy under welding mid race. They just pop on a part. <laughs> yeah, but they put maybe, the, maybe you drill, maybe you need a drill maybe all right but he continued on further and talked about how difficult it is to balance the car and that it always takes multiple team members and then basically i said to him can't remember his name wish i remember his name terrible with names but i was basically and this is why it sounds made up but i i guarantee you this person will reach out to us and like on twitter or something okay, good I, i'm 100 percent sure that they will and he's just like if I, I couldn't build an F1 car myself and I've been a mechanic in a garage for, you know, certain portion, portion of my life building race cars. So I don't, I listen, I know you, okay, when you put your mind your to life, something in your life is, is like a, that one I just would never agree with because like I said, I can just go to school and, and get this. If I had a full lifetime, it's not even a question. I think his argument was that no one could put together an F1 car entirely on their own technology. Maybe what are you gonna do? You're gonna build a robot that helps you? Okay, well, here's one thing that I even just thought about right now. What happens if just one piece this is too heavy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what happens if a piece is too heavy? Obviously there's gonna be pieces that are too heavy. You ever heard of a jack? Yeah. You okay, ever heard of okay, a lift? Okay. But you still technology you still solo still have to precisely place that. You're gonna have to put the wheels on the car. They weigh fifty pounds. I'm not, I know what you lift. I'm not saying it's going. I'm not <laughs> saying it's going to be easy. Yeah, but it could be done. Anyways, that was actually one of the highlights of my trip because, um, obviously, while you were gone, we uh, ordered six new office chairs for the office, and there was six people left here, and um, they got delivered. There were six boxes sitting right there. Are they and the ones still sitting at the front door right now? No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Those are. Those are the empty boxes. The, okay. The chairs okay. are built. Yeah. Let me give you a quick recap of what happened here. We did a little friendly competition in the office. You know, I was trying to motivate the guys. And also we needed those chairs built. So <laughs> basically the brains here, which is going to be the same brains that are going to go into this F1 car. I said, listen, guys, real quick. Everyone has to build one chair. When you're done, you have to sit on the chair to support your weight. It has to be completed, done. Then you clean up your workstation, put everything back in the box and move it to the side. Last two people to finish, pay the first two people to finish 20 bucks. They're like, what, what? I'm like, go. We all ran, <laughs> grabbed the chairs, went quick, built them. And who finished first, Zach? Okay. I did because 
you didn't put the buttons in the back of the chair. I didn't. Which know. what oh, would have happened out. if you didn't put an integral little piece on that <laughs> F1 car, Johnny? I finished first for this chair build. Now again, yeah, you, not did. Wait you did. A, you this did. is one chair, and I'm not going to compare this chair to an F1 <laughs> car. But what I am simply saying is, this chair was built in probably about six minutes. Second place was actually Zach himself, which was an additional probably three and a half minutes later than me. No, whoa, 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 whoa. Also, I, I, wanted, okay, I just I want to say something. Plug, I didn't put the plugs in the back. There was no, I didn't put the little plugs to hide the screw covers in the back until notified after. That's a sec, quick second job. One, two, three, four. Who else, and, who else was a part of this in the office? Just, there was, just name the names. Leach, uh, Packer. Leach, Packer, okay. CP. Uh, CP. And um, Luke. Luke. Okay, so. Combined, those guys, Leach has not built a chair before. Leach actually went for a, D, a DNF. Of course, I, I, this is what I'm saying though, but like when we first got, the, they're, they're the office chairs we're sitting in right now, correct? Uh, they're, the, they're just similar. black and they're very similar. Yeah, slightly different. Slightly different. Yeah. But you had built- Different brand, but very similar. You had built most of the office chairs when we first got them in. No, I actually never built a single one to completion. I, I well, not maybe not to <laughs> I was going to say, I had watched you building them struggling. I would have figured that you would have learned from the, I believe you put one of the backs on like the wrong that was, way. That wasn't me. Somebody did. That I sat in one of the chairs. That was Josh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways. All this to be said is this, yeah, maybe, you know, the F1 car, I'm six, I'm saying six months, I'm sticking by it. It might be a little ambitious. However, <laughs> six months for that car, I built a chair, six minutes, done. Great comparison. Allen key to imagine I had a drill, tools, technology. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. Anyways, but that, that's, that's actually funny that, that that guy was at your table and he brought that up. Any other uh, circles off listeners? <laughs> Tons. Like honestly, I'm, I'm glad. I, I I'm I'm not I'm not even exaggerating. Again, trying to stay humble here and like just be real. More people just recognized my voice, which was very weird. Okay, because I obviously I I've done like media in Canada before. If I, if I go to like a local casino, if I go to Niagara Falls and I go to Fallsview, or if I go to Woodbine, people come up to me all the time because they're used to me from back in the day. Um, and even then I do the NFL Periscope on Sundays. A lot of people recognize that, but a lot of times DFS I, darts, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at the DFS end. darts at the end, but a lot, you know, uh, this is the only thing that we, for a while did audio only, or I did audio only, but I'd be talking with someone and then we'd have a conversation. They'd leave and someone would come up to me and be like, Hey man, I recognize your voice. You're Rob Pizzola. I'd be like, yeah. Like you recognize my voice or like, yeah, I listen to the podcast or whatever. I'm like, we'll start watching the podcast and we can get some more YouTube subscribers. Like, oh yeah, you know, forgot about that, whatever. But um, a lot of that happened a lot. Like it literally happened double digit times where someone came up to me and said, I just heard your voice. I know that voice. Or, you know, they, they, they knew exactly who I was right away. So let's see how many subscriptions are at right now. Yeah. So I'm at 514 subs. Yeah. We got up. We We're got moving up. up. Our yeah. viewership is, is. 90% audio only right now. Oh, I know. The, the, the video is yeah. the video for full length podcasts is, is tough. However, we're growing this. Uh, it's, um, you know, what was it really interesting to me about the whole thing too, is kind of, um, I don't think we've ever shared this on air before, but like me and Johnny had been working on a, a podcast, like ideas for a long time. And Johnny actually pitched it to me in the first place with like a PowerPoint deck as he's apt to do of like, this is what other people are doing in the space. We need to find like some carve out some sort of niche, so on and so forth. We went back and forth talking about topics and and whatever and how we were going to evolve this. Um, but we kind of wanted to make it like something that 
is for all betters, right? Like anyone can listen to it and gain some sort of value out of it. And for me, um, what was great is that it's like kind of mission accomplished because I had people who were like literally some of the best betters in the world would come up and be like, it's a great podcast. Don't necessarily learn anything from it, but it's like a great listen. I love hearing you guys break things down. Love the interviews. I had people who were there at Bet Bash who were just recreational betters and literally just wanted to meet people where they're like, you know, I literally went from being a losing better to a winning better just by listening to this podcast. So um, I will give myself the Barry Horowitz pat on the back, but um, the hard work has paid off. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing right now is I don't necessarily think the podcast is for everyone right now. It's for everyone who bets for sure. True. But, um, which was sort of the goal to start. Yeah. But, yeah. but right now we, we are like, if you don't bet on sports and you don't know what sports betting is, you don't know what odds are, how to calculate anything. Like you don't even know what minus 110 is that it's a 110 to win hundred. Then the podcast is honestly not for you. And we're ho- hoping to potentially find other ways to fix this. Um, you know, or maybe launch a, a subset or something on YouTube. But uh, yeah, currently I'd say there's pretty much no value for someone who doesn't know how to calculate odds or anything like that because they do need to take that step before they can kind of right. get into everything. So how, how are the panels? Uh, who was up there? I saw, you know, we had Alan Boston on there. Oh, he was in uh, shorts and a, and a shirt. And then he was right beside a couple guys in suits. I was like, well, that's sums it up, I guess. Alan Boston is a very interesting character. I didn't talk to him. Um, over the course of the weekend. Um, most most of the time, to be honest with you, he was like one of the most coveted people for like just one-on-one time. Like anytime I was about to approach him, someone else was there. Like I could see why he's a character. Like my first, the first night I was there, Thursday, um, I, went to, I went to an event that Roxy Roxborough hosted, which was fantastic. But after we left that event, um, Spanky's like, let's go up to the D ballroom. I'm like, what's there? <laughs> this is a true story. He's like, uh, Alan Boston is, uh, there's like some sort of movie. I can't even remember what the movie's called. I haven't seen it before. I, uh, it's I, like I said, I'm horrible at remembering things. So it's kind of slipped my mind now. He's like, we'll go catch the tail end of this movie. And then Alan Boston's giving a review of it afterwards. Um, so on the way up to the D ballroom, I'm like, let's make a bet on how many people are in this auditorium right now. And Spanky's like, okay, you set a line. I'll make a bet for drinks. I'm like, no, no, no. You set the line. I'll make a bet. He said 49 and a half. I said under. For total people. For total people in the ballroom. Slowly opened the door. And just like we were counting from outside, there was 42. So I won the bet. But anyways, I walked in. I'm watching the end of this movie with no context. By the way, last 10 minutes seemed like a movie that I might enjoy, but I had zero context to what was happening. Couldn't figure it out. Um, Movie ended. People are clapping. So Alan Boston goes up to the screen to give his review and he's just up there and he pulls out these notes he has and he's looking at them and he just like crumples it up and just throws it. He's like, screw these notes or whatever. I'm just going to tell you what I think about this movie and whatever. And um, it was actually pretty interesting to listen to him. Uh, he gave like a, um, um, a lot of background about the movie, like historical facts. This person died in filming and wasn't supposed to actually be, you know, so whatever. I'm listening to him talk. I'm like, okay, I can see why, like, this guy's a character. He was, like, up there in front of a group of people, and it was just, like... Then we got to the panels later in the week, which was... Um, I'll share the story. Like I said, I, w- I would want to share for everyone who who's there, but um, Rufus will hate me for this, but I'll, I'll bring it up anyways. He did a panel on ethics, the ethics of sports betting. 
um, which Wait, was the, so who who was on the panel? Uh, I'm trying to remember who was with them. I think Chris Bruno. I don't remember the exact. I'm, I'm horrible with. I'm gonna mix up who was with who. Okay, not important, but continue. Ethics of sports betting. Um, a lot of it was centered around, you know, should sports books be allowed to do certain things? Should they be allowed to take a hundred thousand dollar bet from one person, but a two dollar limit someone else to a two dollar bet? And Alan Boston's point of view on a lot of the stuff was, you know, he doesn't love it, but he doesn't think it's unethical. He thinks from an ethical point of view, they're running a business. They should be able to do what they want to run a business just like anyone else can. Um, so at the end, I believe someone asked him a question about like, does he think that there's anything in the space that's unethical? And my God, I was not ready for his response. Uh, I'll give some background on this as well. But he basically, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was pretty close to what he he said, um, which was, I think it's unethical for someone to shit on touts for year after year after year and then release their DFS projections for money because they've lost their edge betting on sports. He was referring to Rufus, who's now releasing his golf projections for Establish the Run. Um, I was in the room, messaged Rufus because I didn't see him right away. I'm like, oh, man. And then Rufus just responded to me. He's like, I'm here. I heard it type of thing. But it was like a very awkward moment. Like it's it's ingrained in my memory how the room reacted to that because some people didn't know what he was talking about, but some people did. But that's like Alan Boston. And he, he fits the Twitter persona. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's like, how he does it on Twitter. Too. Sometimes you meet someone and you're like, like for example, so random, uh, we had him on the Super Bowl Props podcast. Pikachu Bets was dressed in the Pikachu costume, okay? I've met Pikachu Bets in real life at uh, MIT Sloan Sports Analytic Conference. He's like a really down-to-earth, quiet, like just like good dude. On the internet, you would think that this guy was like, like whack job yeah exactly right so alan boston's persona like his internet persona matches his real persona from what i um was able to gather being around him for most of the weekend but that was that was pretty interesting other panels were there's there's like the panels were really good and i will say like a couple things gil alexander hosted one doug kazarian hosted the other they're very good at directing the conversation as well, yeah, those guys are TV professionals. The, so good, best in the biz. On, and two of the two of the guys that I like love spending time with the most in the entire weekend. By the way, I will say this about both those guys: we had Dougie K on the podcast, but you know I don't really know him personally outside of that, and then I've never met or spoken to Gil. But the reason those guys are so good at their job of like being basically like a moderator for betting and like hosting shows is because they actually bet. This is a huge, huge issue. I know we're we're now like. Off no, the no, rails I, I completely agree with you. Those guys actually bet on sports under their own name, under their own accounts. They fund their own account. They have their own money and they bet. It doesn't matter how much you bet. I presume both those people are betting decent amounts at, at the minimum. It doesn't matter how much you bet. The fact that they actually bet under their own name and try to win money betting makes them a good host and a significantly better host than anyone else you see on any other network. And now with all this stuff coming, like we see it in Canada already. The shows already first week in Ontario. Yeah. The amount of gambling shows that launch with hosts that you can tell never once placed a bet in their entire life until probably this week and are just clueless. Don't know what this is. C making mistakes that would never be mistaken for anybody who 
has ever, like, even if you just bet for a year, you would never make the mistakes that you guys are making, misquoting odds, you know, misquoting payouts and things like that. It's crazy. So yeah, both of those guys, huge respects for both, but mainly because they actually bet. That's why they're so good. And that's like a huge, uh, a huge aspect. Like they're professional on cam. They know how to work the camera, well-spoken, but also do have betting knowledge and passion for it. Completely agree with you. Um, you, you definitely get to try to get Gil on the pod. If he's I, interested. I, I, I will. I definitely will follow up with him. I will say like, I had some pretty candid personal conversations with people this week. Um, those would have been two of maybe a handful of guys that were just really down to earth. And, uh, I'm not going to divulge, you know, what we talked about, but they were like really personal conversations. And, uh, both are great, like really good. And I think that they were able to lead the panels in the right direction. Um, and it was just interesting. Like, the, 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 listen, I, I'm not, I don't want to say like I'm about, I, I learn stuff all the time. Like I literally learn stuff all the time. Even in the betting space, I'm learning stuff regularly. Um, you can still be an expert in a space and constantly be learning. And I, I always will be. So I'm, I'm not gaining a ton of value in listening to these people on these panels. Even though there's some of the best bettors in the world, some of the best bookmakers in the world, um, but like the conversations are so interesting, like really grabbed grabbed my attention. Um, you know, the, the circa guys that were up there, Matt Metcalf, um, Jeff Davis, um, just like really really smart people. So I, I thought that was, I thought all the events were good. I really did think all the events were good. Like. Um, but maybe from the panel's point of view, I was more entertained than informed. Let's put it that way. All right. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, it seemed, seemed like a really good event um, because it's like, I guess, same principle. But, you know, Spanky knows his stuff, no doubt about it. And, you know, when building these panels, if you see like, a, you know, there's a conference with like a sports gambling panel, you might have like people there that are not necessarily qualified, like a marketing director at a sports book. You know what I mean? It, they're definitely, you know, potentially good at their job and good person, but tough to actually discuss like betting and impacts and stuff like that when you're like, say a marketing manager. So I presume, and I, from what I saw in all the panels, everyone up there was like someone who's, you know, pretty well respected and at least has earned their keep within the space enough to actually give out information and same deal with the bookie better breakfast. Like, you know, we laugh, ah, oh, someone paid 500 bucks, had to sit with Rob. But like the knowledge that Rob has in the space is immense. He, he could teach a lot of people a lot of different things. And same with Peter Jennings, um, you know, wh- whether it be in like the DFS space or just like modeling business, everything, right? So a lot of people I think would have found value from that ticket much more than the, uh, the cost of admission. I'm glad it was a well-run event. I'll, uh, you know, get in on the next one. I get formal yeah. here. I, I you, am, I you, am upset that I didn't, that I wasn't there. I wasn't able to go, um, was not really by, by choice, more just, you know, business needs, but of course. it is what it is. I appreciate that. I was the one that was able to go from the company yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, no, you would have certainly had, um, had a great time at an event like that. Um, legends everywhere, just guys that, and girls, by the way, I should say as well, not many, but, um, you know, I got to talk to uh, RX Gamble, Gina Fiore on, on Twitter uh, as well and pick her brain a little bit. Um, but it was, it was just a, like, you know, one of the most underrated things was the speed networking event. And I know a lot of people. Oh, Kanish buried He you, buried me on Twitter, okay? You got to read it for someone. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but there, there was photographers all around taking pictures of the event and they posted on the Bet Bash Twitter account. A lot of people were responding like, oh, this is my nightmare or whatever. I thought it was so, I thought it was really cool. 
Now, maybe it's just the people I got paired with because I don't. I know some people uh, didn't have the same experience, but from an organizational level, it was really well organized. Like you can put in kinds of people you want to talk to, kinds of people you don't want to talk to, so on and so forth. Um, but what what did what did Kanish say? Oh, he, ba- he buried you hard. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this was great. Uncle I laughed K? really hard when I read it. So. Uncle K, I know you're listening. You got to start tweeting more. The best in the biz in the troll game for gambling Twitter. This was an epic one. We appreciate it. So you go to his Twitter. Um, there is a picture of a room of people speed networking. Okay? We'll, we'll show the picture up on, on screen for the YouTube. Yes. If you look at this photo, you would need to zoom in and really scroll around to find anyone you know and zoom in. So he <laughs> spent some time scrolling, found a pic of Rob. And Rob is just talking to someone who is not facing the camera. You can't see who it is. And um, he quote tweeted the conversation. He says, uh, you know, he's pretending to be Pozzola. He's like, you've probably seen me on my Sunday morning periscopes. He's like, no? Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure you got to be a Circles Off listener, right? Oh, no again, huh? Well, at least you're tracking your bets on Betstamp, right? He's like, you don't know what that is? He's like, all right, listen, buddy. Just download the app and I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> and put up the photo for those on, on the audio. Man, that was an, an epic one because just like it's, it's so perfect. Like the three things that Rob would potentially say. If someone's like, oh, so what, what do you do? He would literally say those three things. And if the guy said no, he would be like, all right, so this is what it is. You got to you got to do this. Not in that order. Yeah, not in yes. that order. Probably circles. I would have I I went bet stamp first. Bet stamp That's first. kind of how I approached it. Um, you know, like it, you only have seven minutes to talk to people in your speed networking. Now, the thing is, it is one-on-one. It's one-on-one. Um, the, the, the challenge is like for me, especially. And again, I don't like this is not an ego thing. But the majority of people I sat down with know who I am or know me in some capacity. Um, so it's very different for me to do an intro. A lot of people know what BetSnap is and Circles Off or whatever. So I'm more asking them questions because I'm interested in what they do. Um, but yeah, I got some good characters. Uh, I, I, I thought the event was good. Now, it feels like you ran a marathon after that because it's like consecutive right it's just like you have like a, a minute in between everything to get to your next spot i barely had time to take a piss i was gonna almost gonna piss my pants i'm not even joking i had to run to take a piss and there's so many people that are waiting to take a piss so that was a, a one of the issues with that event overall but um like I, I had one guy who runs a bonus hunting business in different states in the u.s where he's basically like you don't want to do the bonus hunting in bets he like he was literally presenting sheets of paper of like this is how to maximize the bonus at every single book. I will do this for you and just take a small commission type of thing, which was interesting. I thought it was like, I mean, I don't know the legalities of it or whatever. I just thought it was. Hey, everyone's got a right to grind. And honestly, that was, uh, that was awesome. That's I got paired awesome. with some other, probably half the people I got paired with were other bettors, which I think was cool, especially in sports that I do, typically don't bet on. Um, the only miss was like one of the guys I got paired with near the end. He just sits down and he's, I'm like, oh, what do you do? He's like, oh, I, I lose a lot of money betting. I'm, tr- I'm here trying to, to win or whatever. So I'm like, oh, you know, where do you bet? Do you bet a, multiple books? What are you doing? So on and so forth. He's like, no, I have this one account that I bet into. I'm like, oh, you can't, you, you, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice. I'm giving like the bet stamp, like our philosophy, right? It's a, it's a real philosophy. You should bet in as many accounts as possible. But this guy's betting into account where he gets a 10% rebate. So I can understand why he's only betting in one spot. You get getting 10% rebate. But he's like, I can't win, man. Even with the, the rebate. And I'm like, buddy, you just want if you want to hand over your account, I mean, like, well, uh, you can win. Like, we'll, we'll make it happen. He's like, no. 
I just want some picks. I want, I need to know what's good today. And he's like, he's just basically like going through the board, right? He's like, in the speed session, he's in the speed going- session, <laughs> Colorado, Pittsburgh, you like anything here? You want, and I'm like, I'm like what am I doing? Here? He's like, he's like, listen, buddy, we can't do it. And then he's like, all right, Florida, Toronto. Like, all right, fine. I, over- <laughs> I hope this guy's not listening, but I gave him a play for a game that intentionally had already started so that he couldn't bet it. That's the truth. Why? Because I didn't like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. Like, I don't want to deal, I, I don't want to deal with this guy coming back to me at like a dinner at night and being like, hey, buddy, you cost me like $5,000. Like, give me another play. Like, where is this going? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what is going to happen here? So I gave him a play that already started. You want to know what happened? He live betted. No. He did. He won. Oh, let's go. He won. He live, bomb he, he live bet the under uh, in, the, in the Penguins avalanche game. I was opposite of Dink in that game. He was on the over. I watched the, f- the end of that game at Circa Sportsbook. Someone on the Avs missed an empty netter by like an inch. What was, the, was it a five and a half or was, a six? I played six. This guy live bet five and a half because it was zero, zero, like six minutes into the game or whatever. And, Land five, uh, three, two. Land a three, two final. Colorado, yeah. yeah. What a sweat that was. But Wow. That was that was another good event. Like there were so many good events. Stadium swim. That was the first time I was ever at stadium swim. Holy geez, what a banger of a venue. Stadium swim is nice if you want to, you know, just go in a pool with a bunch of other people, watch some sports, yeah, I, crush some beers, and cash some bets. I, uh, I, I, I was in the pool pretty loaded with Alfonso Straffen. Oh, yeah. What a legend that guy is as well. Just um, great follow on Twitter, great person. I mean, I, I, there's too many names to list, but um, I certainly have like, like a Mount Rushmore, I think, of people that I was able to hang out with. And no, but please don't get offended if you if you weren't if you're not on this list and you spent time with me this weekend. But the names I will give, I think a lot of people would agree that they're just like a amazing people to be around. Number one, all time best person to be around, Michael Craig. Mike Craig, that guy's the man. We had him on the podcast when we were audio only. I wish we were video so you, everyone could see how he's always smiling no matter what. Like perma smile doesn't matter. That guy, I don't know how he does it, but he will be if if he goes on these trips. I've networked with him before. I don't think he sleeps. I don't, honestly don't think he sleeps for like three or four days. It's because he has uh, kids, and then he wants <laughs> to get away from. Like when he's away, he's like, I'm not gonna go to bed early. I go to bed early. With my kids probably. It's true. As soon as he gets out there, though, he, like he's the type of guy. Uh, we we would spend a lot of time at the Legacy Club, which is uh, the quote the sixtieth floor of Circa. It's not. I don't think it really is. I think you just put sixty on the elevator, or whatever. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but rooftop uh, bar there, and like Mike is the guy that is like, I'm not leaving until they kick me out. They would literally turn the <laughs> lights on. They would turn the lights on, and he still wouldn't leave. Like they're like, <laughs> but it was it was a, a great event, and he's definitely number one. Chris Bruno. One of the best episodes in sports betting podcast history, which we've talked about before. It's the best episode of Be Better Betters with Spanky. We don't promote a lot of other things a lot, but I mean, so much, check it out. It's, it's, he is amazing in real life as well. Just um, great dude to be around. We think alike. So that was cool. Chris Bruno, I talked to him at the first event. Great, uh, great experience on my end as well was uh 
a lot of a lot of really cool stories and uh he's a very very sharp guy even even still and so you can only imagine how uh how good he was back in the day as well when stuff was a lot easier so right crazy. um so those two for sure if anyone who watched the super bowl picks episode would re- remember spreadopedia holy geez i've i so i've known spreadopedia for a long time but like not known known one of my first trips ever to vegas which had been over 10 years ago i went to uh dinner with him and preston sports cheetah um and i haven't seen him since then what what a character man yeah he, he's rocking like the um he's rocking the track suits like the full track suit you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like like white nice. like oh man all the time with the flip-flops zero f's given oh, that's what i like to wear too yeah it, it, he's just a legend man i walk into him with a sp- in the sports book he's got like a stack of like mlb futures like this i'm talking like big bets too there's not i'm like you carry these all around with you at all times or whatever he's like i gotta know what i bet and what <laughs> i don't own him he's gonna get robbed yeah so i'm like buddy somebody jumps you in the parking lot you lose like you're gonna lose a lot of money here um <laughs> hilarious great dude the fourth spot very difficult but dougie k also a legend oh kazarian we, we i i throw around the term like legend a lot but these people are actually doug kazarian I go back to what you were talking about with the sports betting like he bets yeah we had him on the pod when he was when he like that exploit which everyone right. got mad at him for because he worked for espn but he literally just found an edge and and bet it nothing wrong with that but yeah of course he bets yeah yeah but like you, you, those are the kind of guys you want to be around like when you're at a sports book right where like every commercial break it goes live line comes up you're talking about it like he he's he's a great dude man so what a what a weekend I'm exhausted, like exhausted. Slept on the plane, didn't matter. By the way, the stupid shit at the airport, I have to rant about this a little bit. It's a Canadian-specific thing. We land in Toronto. Our flight took off a little bit late from Vegas. We land in Toronto. There's like 25 people that have, um, what's the word? Connections. A lot of them don't have enough time to make their flight. So they make an announcement like let let the people with connections through so that they can get off the plane quicker. I'm down with that. I don't care. I understand. I don't think it's a horrible experience for someone to... Nah, you can't miss a connector. Yeah, yeah. It's so just absolutely brutal. Then you got to eat airport food and sleep in the airport probably. Absolute I'm, I'm good with that. So they let these people off the plane, which I'm fine with. But then there's like everyone else sit back down. Like, okay, we have to, we have to space out how we let people off the plane. So because we let out a batch, we have to wait five minutes to let out another 75 people. Due to COVID? For social distancing. No. Bro, (laughs) we were all on a plane together. And now granted, we're all wearing masks, but we're all have to wear masks in the airport as well. We're literally all on a plane together, but now we have to social distance when we get off. Do you know what happens when you let off 75 people at a time? They just all end up in the same line going through customs. So like there, there's absolutely no difference. There's, it's, I don't even, I can't even get started. I'm just glad they're taking the proper precautions and. Uh, no, listen, here, here's the thing. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like I'm, I'm pro like proper, pro, proper precautions that are like backed by science and stuff like that. But this, like, I, I wore a mask for like two years. You know, you know how I was like, 
I'm, I'm, I took it very, I'm type one diabetic. I take COVID very seriously, but some of the things trigger me so much because they make no sense, man. It, it is what it no is. No sense. How can anyone say that that makes sense? We're gonna let you off in batches of seventy-five, but we're gonna have you all line up in the same line when you get to customs afterwards. <laughs> okay, it's, it's tough. I don't. I, I don't know what to say. All I can say is, like I said, like I'm just happy they're taking the proper precautions, <laughs> yep. and like you know, everything's going down. I hear according, you. according to plan, and like it is what it is. But one thing that's gonna be unreal. Last thing before we go. Today is Wednesday. And we're recording Monday morning. 8 a.m. We're hitting bombs. First round of the year. Rob and I are heading out. 8 a.m. For a nice, clean, smooth 18 holes. I cannot wait. Weather finally shaping up here in Ontario. And we're getting back on the course. So it'll be potentially the day after Tiger Woods wins some Masters. Now that still yet to be seen. But potentially the day after Tiger wins some Masters. We're going to be fresh on the course for the first round of the year. Where I will undoubtedly shoot a very clean... 108 messy first round of the year i'll put it i will probably shoot it around that for the first round of the year and then i'll and then i'll lower and i'll get i'll get lower at after a couple rounds how many balls lost oh uh mm. johnny loses a lot of balls i do lose a lot because because uh, i'm also i'm also yeah. a reckless golfer i don't yeah. i don't lay up and i don't even it's true i don't care about that because that that's does not, that's not gonna anyone who knows you personally is not surprised that you don't lay up but then the reason <laughs> the reason is like what's the fun What's the fun of laying up when I'm not good at golf anyways, right? Like my, I normally shoot like near the end of last year, I'm shooting in the, in the high 90s, full round, okay? So maybe like shooting like 97, 98s. So if I'm shooting 97, 98s, yes. Could I get that down to a 93 by laying up? Yes. But what's the fun in that? The fun is I want to make a birdie and go nuts and then be like, yeah, I had three pars and two birds that round. And yes, did I have a couple? Did I have a couple blow up holes? Maybe. Maybe. Did I put it in the water from 200 out when I should have 100% laid up and there's no way I was sticking on the green? Yes. But what if I stick that green? Or yes. even better, what if I hole out? That's you always got to go for a hole out. If you're not good at golf, you always go for a hole out. It's about the story. Because when I hit eventually an eagle off a hole out or, or an albatross off a hole out, then I'm going to literally tell everyone, but, but yeah, I eagled this par five or I, I albatross this par five. And they'll be like, how did you do that? I'm like, I literally gunned it for the green when I obviously shouldn't have. <laughs> See, my philosophy couldn't be any more different. We're polar opposites when we play. Johnny will be like, oh, I see how f I just hit my five iron, like whatever, 220 yards. That's the professional level. And I'll be like, yeah, but you, the ball's in the woods. Like I, <laughs> no. I hit my five iron like 190, but the ball went straight. It ha <laughs> he's, he's absolutely right. <laughs> But like that's this is what I'm about. I'd rather hit like incredible shots, yes, I one know. in every six, than hit average shots, five in every six. And you still get I'm playing. Up. I'm playing for score. I'm playing for overall yeah, and, score. And Rob does shoot a better score than me. However, when I put it together, I, I when agree. I put it together. You have oh. way more potential. You're younger than me too, and you can bomb it already. You definitely potential there. Uh, I, I would admit that. Like at your peak, you will 100% be better than me. But also. But I, I I'm right not going to get there because yeah. <laughs> I don't practice. Everyone who wants to get good at golf always says like, oh, yeah, it's another season. You, you know what they don't realize? Like you, nobody practices golf. You ever practice? Like, yeah. Well, maybe. yeah, I would go to like simulators. But like I didn't but practice. That a, so here's the thing. Like, do you ever stand at the side of the, do you ever stand at the side of the green 
like in the, in the oh chipping do like grain. A, do a practice swing and just like no no not even that like do you ever go like let's say you're just just off the fringe um and just like you're trying to roll a ball in do you ever just go to the side and just like hit 200 chips no no because no one does that i don't have the time to do anything yeah, because bro. we don't want to practice yes <laughs> <laughs> practice because you'd, you'd rather just go on the range and hit bombs or you'd rather play an actual round but really how are you going to get better you actually have to start with the short game Anything like 30 and in, for example, and like stick them close so you can start making putts. That's how you're going to save the majority of strokes. But nobody wants to just like go off their green and just chip 100 balls a week. See, I, 200 can, balls I, a week. I can do that during golf season. I probably should. Like the, the chipping and putting, but I cannot like fix my swing in golf season because I play so often, right? So if I go get a lesson or something and somebody's working on something with me, when I'm standing over the ball, all I'm thinking about is what I just learned is horrible. And like you, you piss away rounds just to like, I don't want to piss away rounds. I don't know. It's, it's a tough game, but luckily you'd be very thankful. I booked country club. So we get to use the cart path because if I had booked station Creek next week, we'd be walking, walking. and there is a 0% chance. This guy is walking the course. Oh, Johnny's been working out. He's yeah. I hate work. Out. I hate walking the course. <laughs> I told, I told last year I showed up once and I had my, <laughs> I had my, my clubs in a pull cart. He's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm, I'm going to walk. He's like, I'm not playing with you if you're walking. <laughs> no, I, because, because like, we're honestly there in a, we're there in a limited amount of time capacity. Like if you walk, not only are you taking more time for your own round, but now like the guys behind you are like, oh, these guys walking. Like, yeah, that's, walk. that is true. Like, that yes. is true. Okay. Maybe if you're like, if you own the course, do what you want. Don't get me wrong. But like, we're playing sometimes rounds like 3.30 p.m., or like even sometimes we were playing last year, like 5.30 p.m. rounds. You can't walk those. Like there's people behind you trying to finish their round. Like you're only going to get the round in. Like it's going to get we, dark. We were, pl- we were playing the, the the practice course that day, the par threes. Okay, fine. You can you walk that. You're still yelling at me though. He's like, <laughs> he's like, no, there's no way I'm walking that. It's did only you, threes you end up short for general. I got a cart. Yeah, I got a cart <laughs> afterwards. Of course. I was, he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not playing that or whatever. But that, the hill going down sucks if you walk, but you, come, you have to come back up. Monday morning, we'll give an update next week on the scores uh, for the round. I have a feeling like, like I, you know, but I'm on, I'm on same clubs. I no new clubs. Yeah. Not, nothing. I new. played nine holes, like I said, with Jennings and, and Ru- you do? I, bro, <laughs> the first hole first, people have to understand, like we live in Toronto. We don't have winter golf. I haven't swung a, a golf club since we last played last year. The first hole I picked up my ball after like 10 shots. I'm like, this is embarrassing. I'm going, I'm out with Rufus, who's good. Peter's good. I'm like, I'm just slowing these guys down. I'm going to pick up my ball. It's a disaster of a hole. But then, like, you start to feel it afterwards. I, I've made three pars out of four holes. The two par threes, I leapt out for birdie on both of them. They had, like, r- really good tee shots. And then kind of ended a little bit more poorly. Run, so it's up and down. But, yeah, you, you know, I hit some good shots here and there. But, um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I have it in my notes. One day I will break 80 on the course. One day I will put it all together for a round, probably five to 10 years from now, and I will shoot a 79. I'll tell you right now, I don't think it would take you that long to have a round under 80. I shot 82 I don't think, last I think year. You, more so. I have so much what? more faith in you doing that in <laughs> less than five years than you building an F1 car ever in your life. I would 100%. Okay. He's he, the, the, 100%. But you realize so, if you play golf every single day for yep. the rest of your life, Right now, you're not even going to be that good. No, I understand. But I'll tell you what the bigger problem is with me and you. This is just the truth. For anyone who golfs out there, they know what we're talking about. 
we we're we're garbage okay we're shit golfers but we continue to ingrain these bad habits over and over and over like johnny's got the the biggest slice off the tee you'll ever see in your life but you swing like that over and over. it's so hard to like now that we've swung like that for so long and we develop these bad habits it's so hard to come out of them yeah now i just aim right and then let's <laughs> play the slice and, it, wor- and then the- it works for like two holes around where i just get an unbelievable drive because i I bomb it and it slices left and then I just have like a hundred in for a par four. And then there's the the like the one tee shot that just goes directly straight, like 270 yards through the air and just like, there's no finding that ball. He's no. crossing fairways and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that's um, that's golf, man. It's it's an amazing sport. I should I wish I had played more in Vegas when I was there, but I couldn't, uh, I'm, I'm my Craig would not up. let I'm me leave fire. the bar. I am fired up for Monday though. Yeah. All yeah. right. Anyways, uh, everyone, sorry if you were expecting um, some gambling content. Well, we'll, we'll be back. <laughs> we, we, this was a bet bash review. It was a one-off. Um, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to like let people know if the honest get, opinion of how If it you're was. still here at this point, then that means you're actually a real listener of Circles Off. So what I will <laughs> ask is for anyone who's still a real listener right now, please DM either Circles Off on Twitter or DM Betstamp or Rob Pizzola. And please actually suggest people who you think would be entertaining guests. It doesn't have to be people with massive followings. You know, it'll literally be someone who has no following or is not even on uh, social media. But please suggest guests that you think would be interesting to learn from or to hear from or just to hear about would help us out a lot. We have a lot of good guests lined up. We're always looking for more. And we're really happy that, you know, we're happy to be someone's like first podcast that they come on uh, to kind of get it going. We're willing to like kind of take that risk and just and, and go through there. So please suggestions always needed. Um, and yeah, if you're if you're still listening, please rate review five stars. Uh, you know Spotify, Apple, YouTube, subscribe, rate and review, peace.